Hello and welcome to episode 172 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. We will call this Extra Spinnings. We're still, we're still dealing with the original collection, Inherited Collection. We're reviewing three at a time at random. And these are kind of like uh, orphans or scragglers. We, as we're going through the collection, we found uh, cases that were empty or just orphan vinyl. And that's kind of what we're going through now. Is, is going through some, well, I guess most of these are unorphaned now because we did find the cases for them, but <laughs> these are ones we've kind of been pushing down towards the end. Uh, I'm Douglas. Over I'm there, Vicky. Over there saying nothing is Vicky. I'm saying something. No, no, well, now you are. Because um, you pointed at me. Exactly. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We still haven't figured out what we're going to do once we're kind of done some of this. There's a few more episodes of, of this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we, we still talk about what, what we're going to do afterwards. We might put it out to a poll to our people on the internets. On the internets. If you're listening to this and want to tell us what to do, go ahead tell and tell us. Tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, here we go with this this week's. And I will say ahead of time, what's kind of interesting, it's probably popped up once or twice before, but I think it's the first time in a, lo in a long while. But all three albums are debut albums from the artists. So yeah. that's pretty wild. Yeah, kind of cool. Kind of dawned on me halfway through this. It's like, holy shit. And hasn't been a bad episode well we'll see we'll see right. we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about we'll figure it out we'll see we'll go see where it goes all right <laughs> okay what do you got for us all right so this week we have the debut album from queen called queen yeah we have the debut album from jj kale called naturally and the debut album from a band called quarter flash called quarter flash oh, self-titling going on here yeah yeah that's okay uh, okay, and I will say too, you can if you found us, good, great, welcome. Um, we're on uh, well, most of our stuff coming out of Anchor. You can find us on Anchor, all, um, Google's, the Apples. You can find us on Twitter at RFTCS1 and Instagram as Reviews from the Crawl Space, but as one solid block. And both of those places, really, you could find the current episode, what we're working on, the covers of what we're working on. And all the past episodes, or at least links to the past episodes of what's not on there. So check us out. I will say, uh, also check out on Spotify, and you can check it out for free, is our playlist called RFTCS Radio. It's been curated from everything that we've listened to so far that is on online, I mean, for, on Spotify. So yeah. I would say at least a fucking quarter of that stuff is probably just straight up not on Spotify, which is weird. Maybe, yeah, there's quite a bit. Yeah, maybe not a quarter, but... But a lot. Uh, so yeah, that's Kira. That's actually uh, one thing we both enjoy. We It's a list we, we actually listen to quite often because we both enjoy it. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good one. Okay, since we're off and running, let's go. Queen. Queen, self-titled Queen. This is the fifth Queen album that we have talked about on this podcast. Uh, we did 1974's Sheer Heart Attack, which was on episode 114. We did uh, 1975's The Night at the Opera, which was on episode 81. We did 1977's News of the World, which is on episode number 78. Mm -hmm. And we did um, 1980's The Game. Oh, that, right, yeah. That's from episode 112. Mm -hmm. And then today their debut. So... Queen are a British rock band formed in London in 1970 by Freddie Mercury on lead vocals and piano, Brian May, guitar and vocals, Roger Taylor on drums and vocals, and they were later joined by John Deacon on bass. 
Their earliest works were influenced by progressive rock, hard rock, and heavy metal, but the band eventually ventured into more conventional radio-friendly works, and um, they did that by incorporating further styles such as arena and pop rock. So Queen is their debut studio album released in 1973. The album was influenced, again, by heavy metal and progressive rock. The lyrics are based on a variety of topics, including folklore and religion. Freddie Mercury wrote five of the ten tracks, Brian May wrote four, and drummer Roger Taylor wrote one. The band thought highly of their demo tracks, but the producer insisted that they re-record them with better equipment. Mm -hmm. Keep Yourself Alive was the first one to be re-recorded, and the band didn't like the results. They recorded it again, but no mix met their standards. Yeah, they went through quite a few mixes. After seven or eight attempts, <laughs> engineer Mike Stone stepped in, and his first try met the band's approval. Dude, bras. Let me do it. Yeah. So Stone would go on to engineer um, eventually, and, and eventually co-produce their next five albums. Producer Roy Thomas Baker and the band would clash over many of the other songs on the album as the band strove for perfection, but also the reality of performance and sound. The band included the comment, and nobody played synthesizer on the album sleeve. A purist in principle, uh, Brian May, as some listeners had mistaken their elaborate multi-tracking and effects produced by guitars and vocals as synthesizer. Huh. And Brian May was having none of that. Yeah, no, no kidding. Producer John Anthony, uh, they had two producers actually, 199 producing credits on his name, Queen, Genesis, Al Stewart, Roxy Music, and the, the producer that they were clashing with, Roy Baker, mm -hmm. 562 producing credits to his name. He's been on the show before with Queen's Share Heart Attack, Queen Night at the Opera, The Cars, The Cars, Journey, Evolution, and Foreigners Head Games. Okay, so a few times. So a few times, yeah. Track listing on this album is Keep Yourself Alive, which was a single, Doing All Right, Great Rat King, and My Fairy Queen. Side B, Liar, which was another single, The Night Comes Down, Modern Times Rock and Roll, Son and Daughter, Jesus, and Seven Seas of Rye. The runtime, 38 minutes, 46 seconds. Yeah, a couple uh, tweaks to, or additions to what you were saying there. Yeah, what, what gets me is that what, like they were only like a year, barely a year or two together, and they're already like in the fucking studio doing stuff. And they were the studio stuff that they were doing, because they were just just starting out and just cutting it. They were actually um, I forget how it went, but they were actually be able to be in the studio as long as no paying customers were in there. So then they so they could only go in there and record when the place was empty. So they had to do it in like all these little pieces, which kind of caused some frustration because they could only do like one song at a time and work on it and then yeah. have to fuck off because somebody who was paying a customer wanted to come in so they had yeah. to stop and kind of go like that. So yeah, it was a bit frustrating for them, no doubt. Well, and Freddie Mercury had to convince uh, Brian May and uh, the other dude. They were in a band called Smile and he convinced them that they should get together and do this. Yeah, get rid of the other band and do this, yeah. And then later on they hired Deacon, but uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just just kind of meant to be, and that's that was for them because they just like they were, you know, we talked about in this band or just on this podcast a lot. They were bar band, like essentially that's what they were in their various stages of their bands. They're just bar bands. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they they grounded out, and uh, 
It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because like I said, we've talked about this a million times in the show. I kind of we kind of do our writing down our thoughts before we go and do the rest of the looking. And it's funny that they had such a hard time with the mix and stuff because that's one of the things that I think about with this album. It's just you know what? I should just go to what I was going to say to start the album off. It's, it's uh, it's full of piss and vinegar and rough edges. And the mix is is the mix is no different. The mix is, it's it's good. It's a good rock mix, but it constantly fights with itself. Because you'll be listening to it, and I could tell you, I've, I've never, I have, I have never, I've been in the studio with a band recording before, not myself, but my friends. But I could actually, with this album, was one of the first times I could hear them like moving the sliders for like the guitars and the drums and the vocals constantly. There's there's points where it seems that they they're in the studio fighting with each other over these levers, because it'll start out, and you'll hear Freddie. Freddie's voice, and then the then the guitars will come in and take over everything, and then the drums will come in and take over everything. But it's like it constantly sounds like it's fighting with itself. But when it's not fighting with itself, it sounds good. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's funny too that for a band, this being their first album, and knowing the history of of Queen that we do know from yeah from their from music, history is that they were very very well aware of. They wanted their albums to sound yeah, they had a, like they would sound on the road. Yes, they want to be able to reproduce it. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And that was one of their key sticking points. Which is weird because then you go to something like later down the road, like Bohemian Rhapsody, where there's no fucking way you could reproduce that to the, the way the album was done in a live show. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> Without, yeah, a lot of pre-recorded stuff. Yeah, pre-recorded shit, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Like, even if you had a bunch of backup but singers. they were thinking about that. And this album really does sound like Queen. Yeah, oh no, the, like, mi the mix is super aggressive. Like, man, when those, some of those guitars come in and, on some of those songs, that should, like, melt your face right off. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to say, like, what I'm saying is weird. I mean, it's not necessarily bad. It's just it's, you become aware of the mix itself sometimes, but... No, man, I like, like when it really kicks in with those like, guitars or Freddie's voice or whatever, it's like, yeah, it sounds fantastic. And well, and they were rough edges, though. They weren't too far away from the sound that they no. made famous no, either. I, I would imagine by Queen, too, that's pretty much dialed in. Yeah. Maybe even Sheer Heart Attack. But you're, you're, yeah, they're all they're there. Yeah. 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 And, like, it's so funny because you can hear how young uh, Freddie sounds when he sings. You can hear, like, they're just, like I said, you could hear that energy, that raw fucking energy they got. And it just needs a little tweaking. They're almost there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the things I'm very grateful for with this, uh, I mean, I was, when I'm, as I'm writing this down, I'm thinking about Queen being considered as a heavy metal band. Yep, I was going to say. And heavy metal back in those days for me was not my genre at all. No, you were but familiar with, you knew Zeppelin. I, I was in love with Queen back in the day. Huh. And so it just totally doesn't fit my musical yeah. persona at the time. Well, you can really hear it in this in this album. You can really hear the metal, early metal, uh, progressive rock. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the way, there's definitely some metal drumming in there. And, and I'm just grateful that there was so much Queen in this collection. Really. Yes, totally, yeah. Really. Yeah, you lift off, what, there's six, five, five albums? Yeah, we, this was our fifth one, fifth yeah, one that said, we did. Yes, yeah, but right, they sorry. have more than that, obviously. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. It's funny too because it was my queen education. Queen education, and yeah. that you did listen, regardless if you knew it or not, you did listen to some metal. I'm, I'm in yeah, quotations because yeah. later on it wasn't really like yeah, metal, yeah, yeah. It was more just, pop, arena rock, just rock. And stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So that's kind of funny. So you had dabblings in it. I did, and I didn't know it at the time. The Zeppelins and the Queens. Oh, the shock. (laughs) Um, So uh, songs on this thing. I mean, really, this fucking anything from the first entire side is fantastic. Uh, Keep Yourself Alive, Doing All Right, uh, Great King Rat, Liar. And then on the second side, it starts off with Night Comes Down, I think. Or is it the second song? Anyways, Night Comes Down is amazing. Yeah, it's... um... The only song I didn't really care for was the Jesus one. But, I mean, he's done that before in some of the other ones where they'll have... Because they have their tropes. They're wizards wizards and demons and, you know, magicians. Like the good old progressive rock tropes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But he also, in other albums too, he's also throwing in some religious kind of stuff. I'm wondering if that has to do with the fact that he was gay. Oh, and oh huge. Not out. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, British society at that time, like super repressive, uh, you know, Christian, all that shit. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's It's just like him him trying to, like, outwardly figure things out yeah. and, like, talk about, yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree, agree with yeah. that, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, this was, um,. I enjoyed this album. Not very many well-known songs on there, but the album itself as a whole. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think good. "Keep Yourself Alive," "Doing All Right," well, keep and "Liar," alive, yeah. "The Night Comes Down." It's like those are all pretty well-known songs. Not for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And I will say though, having to, said all that, I've never listened to their first album. This, this is, is I, I, and I have to say the same thing. I'm familiar with some of these songs, but yes, like you, I have never listened to this album no. as an album straight through uh, in one sitting ever. I was so quite was... surprised at how polished it was, to be honest. Oh, really? Being their first album. Well, because they had to go back and redo some, yeah, yeah. Redo some stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's Queen. To me, it's it's Queen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, for me, it's just like sound. from start to finish, it's an up-tempo rocker with obviously early metal influences and progress- progressive uh, mixes in there. A little bit of glam stuff. It's funny because I was reading about that because they were considered glam rock at first as well, metal, glam. But they, they actually hated that. And one of the, uh, I think it was, wasn't Rolling Stone, or one of the magazines over the year, they were talking about how Queen didn't fit either of those. Because they had, like, these huge elaborate shows, so they weren't, they weren't arty enough to be art rock, and they weren't metal enough to be metal. Like, it's just like they, they didn't fit into any of these. And that's a good thing. And that's exactly what yeah. the thing says. It, yeah. it was perfect because they, they were own, their own thing. They yeah. created this whole thing on their own. Yeah. And they became the queen. You queen sound. You queen yeah. now. It's not. You're not just a rock band. It's uh, your own thing. So yeah, it was just quite a, interesting. Like I said, it's still surprising me how quickly it all came together. That's the way it happens sometimes. I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Some things are just meant to be, and that's the way it is. So I will say, um, this is uh, before we kind of move on here. This album has no cover. This is one of the orphan albums that we're talking about. That we, I think we found this one crammed inside of another album yeah, that I we think so covered, too. and which happens. So this is the only one out of the three that doesn't have a cover. Um, and okay, we'll move on. Yeah, I love this. It's a good album. So Queen, self-titled album, Lecture Records, catalog EKS seven five zero six four, Canada nineteen seventy three. This is original. Like I mentioned, there's no cover. The condition uh, cover none. Sleeve, plain plastic, and the vinyl's in fair poor condition. Huge amount of scuffs, scratches, but it never skipped. It no. played, and it's there's a couple times we talked about that it actually sounded pretty good. Yeah. So no it's, pops or nothing. Hisses. It's so crazy, and it, considering it's in bad shape, it's in yeah. bad. What I would consider bad shape. I, I actually questioned about it playing it, but it played fine. So that's kind of weird. Uh, the audio, and uh, we've talked about the audio a, a bunch of times. I have nothing to add here. Everything. 
everything it has. It's, 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 it's like it's fighting with itself, but it's also super aggressive and See, loud and awesome. See, I don't notice that, so... Oh, yeah, just yeah. like, and you could hear him just like, there's, I, fuck, I wish I would have written down what song it was, but you could just hear him hit the guitar sliders just straight to the top. <laughs> and the guitar is just like, Bram! and it's like, holy oh, shit. <laughs> I'll pay attention next time we listen to this album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Art Direction by Robert Heimel. Uh, cover design by Queen, uh, the band. Uh, photography by Douglas Puddyfoot. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Uh, Robert. An American painter, designer, and photog, 576 credits, on to show with The Doors 13, The Doors Weird Seeds Inside the Gold Mine, which I, I love that cover, and Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Uh, I didn't write down which album, probably because it doesn't really matter, because we didn't like Southside Johnny anyway. No, no. Uh, Southside Johnny and those jukes. Yeah, <laughs> juking around. They can juke off. Uh, so Queen, I'm not gonna the Queen the any of the credits that Queen has for visuals is for Queen. It's not for any other band. It's it's no point writing it down. Uh, and Douglas uh, was a friend of the drummer, responsible for which is hilarious, which is responsible for the band's early photos and film recordings. 18 visual credits, all of them for Queen. Friends of the drummer named Douglas then tend to document their friend's band. I can, <laughs> I can confirm that's exactly what yes. we do. <laughs> if you're looking for our friend's bands, if you're looking for any photos or video of my friend's bands, I got it. Yeah. And if your name is Douglas, yeah. hey. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just kind of funny. Uh, and uh, that's it for me. Alrighty. So, for context, this was their debut album, as we said. The after album was Queen 2, uh, released in 1974. According to Discogs, this gets rated 4.03 out of 5, with 118 people rating. Resale value on this album, $8, $15, and $25.01 in good condition. Hmm. Yeah, it's not in good condition. <laughs> no, because it doesn't even have, doesn't a, have a, cover. a cover to live in. Uh, okay, so what are you giving it? I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. Yep, yeah, 4 for me too. I bounced around a little bit, but that last last, yeah. last spin through was like, ah, oh, no, it's too good for yeah, a three. Yeah, it's queen. Yeah, it's well, and queen. I see that some of the other places, like fucking Rolling Stone gave it two. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's a good de good debut, two stars. Fuck you guys, man. What do you, what, do you, what else do you want? Yeah, really. So, like, I just looked through, and I, I thought some of the reviews were just brutal. So, yeah, four. I wonder how many would, in hindsight. Would change it? Change them. Probably change quite a few. Little snobs. Okay, so Those there we go. Rolling Stone snobs. Stones, yeah. Well, I know. We were even watching uh, a YouTube video from that Rick Beto guy, and he, he was like, fuck Rolling Stones. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Queen down. Yeah. Okay, on to the next. All right, next up, J.J. Kale, Naturally. Uh, this is the second J.J. Kale album that we have uh, talked about mm -hmm. on this podcast. The other one was 1976's Troubadour. So we kind of flipped one and two, the first and second albums we yeah, flipped on Yeah, yeah. So um, that was in episode 106, and we gave that four stars. Yeah, we, we were digging it. It's funny because I, I think I remember at the time we were like, oh, is it is it the one with the hits? And it turned out to be, well, yeah, it had some hits on it. But, yeah. but it wasn't the one that we were thinking, this no, one. No, And we ended up really liking that one. Yeah. So I, I do remember that one, I, and uh, I think I added quite a few of the songs off the album to our list. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, J.J. Kale was an American guitarist, singer, songwriter, and sound engineer. Though he avoided the limelight, his influence as a musical artist 
has been acknowledged by figures such as Mark Knopfler, Neil Young, Waylon Jennings, and Eric Clapton. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, who described him as one of the most important artists in the history of rock. He's one of the originators of the Tulsa Sound, a genre drawing on blues, rockability, rockability, rockability. rockabilly, country, and jazz. He's uh, He was languishing in obscurity until Eric Clapton recorded one of his songs. Uh, Kale was in his 30s, dirt poor, and not making enough money to eat and eat. <laughs> it was suggested that Kale take advantage of the publicity that he got from uh, the or from Eric Clapton of, of his own yeah, fucking song. Of, yeah, of his song with <laughs> Take Eric advantage Clapton of your song's success with the song. <laughs> to um, take advantage of the publicity, so he cut this record. Well, he and the thing is, is he wasn't even he didn't even know. He just heard like we talked about this. He just heard, he just it, on heard the, it on the radio, on the radio one day. Yeah. Like he said, he's dirt poor. He's doing whatever, and then there's this fucking song by Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, I can use the money. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was apparently quite different because his it's, version was much more. It's up tempo. Up tempo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it just clicks along way better. Yeah, not not better. It clicks along more. Sorry, because I like this version better. But... Oh yeah, so do I. Yeah, okay. Naturally was released in 1971. It established his style as unique. Uh, hybrid blues, folk, and jazz, marked by relaxed grooves and Kale's fluid guitar and iconic vocals. I do love his voice. Yeah, well, and a bunch of these songs have been covered by other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot Call of this stuff breeze, has been. Uh, Clyde. Yeah. Uh, his early use of drum machines and his unconventional mixes led to a distinctive and timeless quality to his work. Mm -hmm. Producer on this album was Audi Ashworth. 126 producing credits to his name. JJ, he did JJ Kale Troubadour and a lot of other JJ Kale music as well as Van Morrison. Hmm. I didn't recognize any of the others. So the track listing on this, Call Me the Breeze, Call the Doctor, Don't Go to Strangers, Woman I Love, Magnolia, and Clyde, Side 2. Crazy Mama, which was recorded by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Nowhere to Run, After Midnight, which was the hit that Clapton had with his music. Uh, River Runs Deep, Bringing It Back, and Crying Eyes. This, the uh, runtime, 31 minutes, 41 section. <laughs> seconds. 41 seconds. <laughs> 41 sections of a minute. Uh, yeah, uh, clearly a river, a river Runs Deep it definitely inspired Mark Knopfler since he stole it for Six Blade Knife off of Dire, <laughs> dire, for dire Straits. Uh, seriously, go listen to the two songs. They're so, so close. In fact, I was singing the lyrics to, to Six Blade uh, the last time we were listening to this song. Oh, to that, this. That's right. Yes, yeah. yes, you were. <laughs> and it matches. Yes, yes, you were. Very, very close. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know what? Here's another, we talked about another excellent debut album. Stuff that even J.J. Kale talked about sat around for like 30 years or 20 years that he'd been working on or whatever. And then it's just like, someone's like, put it together. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Filter out some of the shit. And there you go. Yeah. And he apparently didn't like the album. Oh. J.J. Kale said this is one of his, his least favorite album. Oh, crazy. And, and he just play, plays it and, and doesn't talk about how much he does like because he says so many people like it that he's just like, oh, okay. Huh. I don't like it. Wow, <laughs> I know I liked it. Yeah, for sure. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's your take it's on it? It's like it's one of those chill albums, and of yeah, course, yeah, it's like a prototypical chill album. Yeah, yeah, it's just one that you can put on and just 
sink into the couch. Full, and... full, like from start to finish kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was just thinking that too. Yeah, if whether you can have a drink or a smoke or whatever you're doing, yeah, it's not even just a rainy day album. It's just a good, like you said, a fucking great chill album. Yeah. It's it's perfect. It's got the perfect. I love pace, his writing style. The his length. voice. Yeah. His... Yeah, it's the uh, way he puts his music together. Yeah, it's it's uh, chill, and like the way he even plays is chill, and the whole arrangements are chill, and yeah, it really works, and they're good songs. Like you said, they're well well written songs, and obviously you can tell by the way they've half this album has been picked over by other artists. So. Well, it's funny because there were no singles released from this. No, he wouldn't need to because yeah, Clapton already did one for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, um I'm gonna see here what else do I have. Yeah, smoking if you got. I mean, I wrote that down. Uh, I said good mix and sound field. Uh, I, is perfect for what this was. Yeah. It wasn't overbearing. It wasn't co- overcomplicated. It was just, it, it, was a, it was, you know what? It was a chill mix. Of course, he did, he wrote Cocaine too, didn't he? Another Eric Clapton hit. No, oh, yeah, he did write that one. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, he's a very prolific songwriter. Uh, it's a songs for people. If you're looking at just one you want to grab some off here, uh, Call Me the Breeze, Call the Doctor, Magnolia, after midnight and it just said the whole album really yeah you, yeah you can pull almost any song off there and you're fine yeah there's not a song on here that i didn't like yeah exactly um i would listen to this album in its entirety again oh yeah for sure and i've added uh, probably four of the songs from here to our yeah. list already just because it's like we're listening to it and it's like oh okay i gotta add that one i like that one yeah <laughs> okay i'll add this one uh so naturally jj kale uh, shelter records catalog sw8908 Canada, 1972. This is original. The condition, the cover is poor. It's got heavy wear and it's broken. It's just disintegrating. Uh, the sleeve, there's none, so it's raw dogging. Uh, the vinyl is fair to poor. Heavy scuffs and scratches, but you know what? Again, it, sounded, it didn't skip and it kind of sounded good. Yeah. I don't know what magic. We've had albums that had the tiniest, almost no visible scratches and skip all over the place. And this thing is just looks like it's been dragged along a dirt road and it's fine. This I, was another one that we had the cover but no record yes this uh, that's exactly it the, so we the found record, the record stuffed in another into another one yeah. and this was just flopping around with nothing so yes this is another one where we uh and the same the same would be for quarter flash too it was stuffed into another one with an empty case yeah so it's like <laughs> it's so weird it's only you know somebody was drunk or high and they did that stuck together <laughs> yeah we're just bring in the, bring in their reunion solving the mysteries um <laughs> okay where am i where am i at here uh cover and painting by Bill Rabon, Rabon, I don't know. Photography by Ed Kareff. I just even I just terrible with names. Bill, let us go with Bill. Bill was an American painter with one visual credit, and it's this. With the now, I love I, this. Cover. I was gonna say now we can actually talk about the cover because we got it. It's fucking great cover. It's like an iconic cover. Yeah. And he's only this painter. He does have a bunch of great other paintings, but this is the only one he's done. For an album. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if you guys are wondering, it's a painted, it's a raccoon, and he's got his little jack, fancy jacket and a cane, and he's got a top hat on his leg. Is there a little dog There's a little dog at the bottom. Yeah, he's he's just chilling down there. Yeah, I love it. I love that cover. A little trash panda. A little trash panda, yeah. And it's, like I said, it's pretty iconic. Yeah, I love it. I love that cover. Uh, And uh, Ed, an American photog, designer, illustrator with 433 credits. Um... He's the one who did the photos on the back. His back is just plain. It's got the, the, I like the font work actually. Yeah. And so he, his photo of Jimmy, okay, so Ed, his photo of Jimi Hendrix setting his guitar on fire at the Monterey Pop Fest in 1967 is considered to be one of the most iconic rock photos of all time. Probably the most iconic rock photo of all time. 
He's been on the show before with Jimi Hendrix, Cry of Love, and Rod Stewart's Never a Dull Moment. Oh, yeah, that's another interesting cover. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got good stuff. I mean, like I said, I can't believe with 433 credits, I went through that list like four times. I couldn't find any other ones, but it seemed like there was. In fact, that was the one I think that was the one I was like, I thought we'd cover Frank Zappa's Hot Rats and like all these other, but nope. No, this is really, I went through the whole list and this is, this is it. These, that mm-hmm. one and uh, that one. Yeah. Well, it's the perfect one for us to have because it's a good cover. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and anyways, that's it for me. All right. I'm done. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much to, to write about that one, and we've discovered that in the multiple times that the albums that we love, we tend to have less to talk about. Yeah. Because we love them. Uh, we don't spend twenty hours. Uh, oh yeah, we could do a whole episode on one just trashing it. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So for context, again, this is his debut album, and his after album was called Really, released in 1972. Okay. Would you give it? Uh, Discogs. Oh, sorry. It gets rated 4.17 out of 5, yeah. with 29 people rating. Uh, resale value, $484, and $41.39 in good condition. I know. It's a shame. People, take care of your vinyl. Yes. Hey. I, that's, oh, that's I always, have to say. That's always been a good example, and like we've talked about, I, I, we shared it on our Twitter, I believe, of that vinyl outsold CD. Yeah. So... First time in 30-some years, 33 yeah. years. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, would you give it? I'm giving this one a 4 to 5 four, as well. 4, yeah, me too. JJ down. Yeah, 4 to 5 as well, I mean. So already I have a conundrum. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see with this next one. This <laughs> oh. go for a triple 4 for you, baby? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, quarter Flash, Quarter Flash. So quarter, quarter Flash was an American rock group formed in 1980 in Portland, Oregon. I would use that term loosely, I think, because some of it, some of it's rock. It's more like when you say rock, we'll say '80s pop rock. It's not. It's. <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider much of their stuff outside of like two songs to be rock. And I will say this right up front: I own this album. You did. You know. You knew the shit. I you knew the songs. You knew the album. lyrics. I still know the lyrics. You do. It's crazy. You probably haven't heard any of this stuff for like thirty oh, God, years, no. and no, then no, you're no. like. All the things that my Being brain has thing. forgotten, it still has quarters, <laughs> quarter, quarter flash <laughs> lyrics stuck Just in there. Just ready to go. Dust them Taking off. up room. Yeah. <laughs> the band was originally made up of the two current members, Rindy Ross on lead vocals and saxophone. Yes, her, name, wrote, is, her uh, name is Rindy Ross. Yes. Saxophone. Saxophone. And her husband, Marv Ross on guitar, along with Jack Charles on guitar, Rick DiGiolonardo on keyboards and synth, Rick Gooch on electric bass, and Brian David Willis on drums and percussion. Quarter Flash was their debut released in 1981, and it features the single Harden My Heart, which reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. It's also, uh, it also hit number one on the Billboard Album Rock charts. The follow-up single, Find Another Fool, reached number 16 on the Hot 100. The album was certified platinum in the U.S., which was kind of surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Hard My Heart was featured in the 2006 video game Grand Theft Auto, 
Vice City Stories. Mm -hmm. It was also featured in the Broadway musical Rock of Ages. A lot of people my age, from my generation, getting their music history from goddamn Grand Theft Auto. I'm you telling bet. you, that game franchise has exposed me to more music than any other source ever. Yeah. And it's incredible. Other than this record collection. Other than this record, doing this record collection. Oh, yeah. no, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. But just in terms of like, being out and like just like in pop culture playing video games like yeah this is like it's definitely responsible for a huge oh huge yeah swath like of, i uh... i i have <laughs> memories of watching you play grand theft auto of any iteration yeah i've played before we were just, together just the playlists and stuff like yeah that. it's it's amazing like that's one of the best thing and i'm like that's one thing i would actually really like is if, in terms of box sets would be like the grand theft on vinyl yeah i mean that'd be like a thousand vinyl but yeah, because <laughs> there's so much, yes. so many different radio stations. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the producer on this album was John Boylan. Uh, 333 producing credits to his name. He's been on the show before with Boston's Boston. Mm. Uh, they've all. He also has done uh, the Little River Band, the Charlie Daniels Band, and Dan Hill, which kind of like none of those people fit with this these guys but anyway no not not really no but maybe maybe that's a good thing you just pop around and do different things yeah so track listing side a harden my heart single find another fool single critical times valerie try to make it true side b right kind of love cruising with the deuce love should be so kind and williams avenue runtime 40 minutes 38 seconds See, and that's this this fucking album here. That's what we're gonna do now. It's this fucking album. I don't even know where I just like so many ways I wanna start at this. Just like attack it. So yes, okay, this this album, okay, eighties cheese, got your two hits, hard, hard in my heart, which is kinda fucking dumb, and Find Another Fool, which I actually think is the better song. I get it, those things belong on a Grand Theft Auto soundtrack, use the movies. But the problem is is once you get outside like Two or three songs because there's a second there's a song on the second side too that's not too bad and then out between that is like a fucking desert and it's just like horrible adult contemporary bullshit where it's just like the worst saxophone and lyrics and oh see i didn't even get started the very first sound you hear in this album is a saxophone oh my god but she <laughs> uses hates. it as her voice when she can't say words. But then it needs to go, like I said to you when we are talking about this, it needs to go unsaid. What if she's, she's left unsaid, I don't need to hear through through saxophone. It's so brutal. Like you go from those two songs, Hard in My Heart, and then the critical times, which is like, oh, fuck right off. It's just the most well, sappy. It's a, it's a ballad. It's sappy a sappy ballad. ballad. It's just like, it slows the album down to a screech. Yeah. And you can just, I can feel like the hoop earrings growing out and the fucking big hair sprayed hair and like boxed wine is forming on the table it's so fucking bad <laughs> fuck the 80s and it's sung by her husband i know and i, when I say fuck the 80s not all of it because obviously we've discovered some amazing shit in the 80s but man this is well <sighs> and like for me she has a very this album has a very she's got um, a great voice i will say it's just it's got a good good set of pipes. it's a, a pat benatar kind of feel yeah yeah, in, in a she, lot of places. She does, in a lot of places, but and that tracks with me and my music taste back in those days. But the problem too is that it doesn't just sound like Pat Benatar. It sounds like, it, and because it, it does a little bit, but it also sounds like everything. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. they're trying to be a bunch of yeah. things, and by doing that, they don't have any of their own sound, and that's another thing that pisses me off. And this album, probably out of every one that I've owned, 
makes me feel the saddest that I owned it. That you owned it and loved it. I don't. Well, you, you I, know I can't the say that I. And... Well, that doesn't matter. I listen. I guess I listen to it a lot. You enjoyed it. But there's just so much other music out there that. Back in those days, yeah. I could have been... <laughs> 1981, as I said, or 81, 82. I could have been going to concerts for some of these other bands that or, are just, like, no longer around. Oh, like, yeah, we're just listening to better music in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just better It just albums. makes me so sad that this was my music back then. Your, your, cho- your choice? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Hey, I mean, I guess, we was, can all say the same thing. I blame it on radio play. Yes, because that because that's that all was, I had was the radio in the car, right? So that's that's definitely some that ra- stuff radio gets played stuff played over and over and over again. That's the stuff you buy. Yeah. See, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just for me, and it's just like, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a lot of it's just eighty poison <laughs> would never like it, it happens though. I mean, that's the whole part of like getting older and and listening to more music and and shit like that is just. I mean, you. When you're, like you said yourself, you're relying on the radio. You're only getting such a tiny little snippet of the of the world uh, musically. So yeah, yeah, it's oh yeah. I think with all the bands that you could have seen or not even seen, just could have listened to back in 1981. Yeah, this is like wouldn't have even been that weren't quarter flash. Yeah, no, been so many more. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyways, it makes it's... me realize how uncool I was. So yeah, <laughs> you're just like nerd, not even in a good way. <laughs> Uh, some, and I just said some truly fucking terrible soft rock songs. Sax to start. Uh, I, I, the, honestly, one of the worst songs. There's a song on the second side called Cruising with the Deuce. And I just says it sounds like you've pooped your pants on a road trip. <laughs> cruising oh, with the oh, deuce. Oh, so that's the douche. That's the douche. That's the douche you're cruising That's with? the deuce. It says in your pants. Cruising with the deuce. Not the douche. The deuce. The deuce. <laughs> yeah. you got to load your pants and you're cruising with it. Just like I mean, it's in my pants and it's warm. <laughs> hey, why not? That's I'm pretty sure that's how they wrote the song by shitting their pants and <laughs> just putting it on paper. Oh, now you're making me feel worse. <laughs> Don't feel. Oh my God, we reviewed Pac-Man Fever, which was my album, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know how bad you should feel. <laughs> I'm so grateful to this record collection for so for so many things. <laughs> Why well, pointing out what terrible taste in music? Terrible taste in music I have, and a kind of terrible taste in music my dad has got. <laughs> at least, at least but half. There are bright spots in yes, there. Yes, okay. It's a, he's got at least half terrible taste and half pretty good tastes. <laughs> there are he's bright kinda, spots. He's kind of like half right. Those are then. the bright spots. Are the parts I'm grateful for? Yes, exactly. No, I not the Ian Durys and. No, even though the, the last one we listened to wasn't too bad. Yes, I agree. There's like this, but it's been very uh, exploratory, we'll say. And enlightening. And enlightening, yes. Um, okay, I think I've got all my stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> Quarter Flash, self-titled, uh, Geffen Records, catalog XGHS two zero zero three, Canada, nineteen eighty one. This is original. Uh, condition: the cover's poor, water damage, molds, not readable spine. The sleeve, plain paper. The vinyl uh, is poor, fair, poor. Once again, heavy scratches and scuffing. Didn't skip. Sounded fine, actually. Fucking weird. Uh, and the audio for 80s pop, it's actually the one thing I'm not going to complain about is the mix. I thought the mix is pretty good on this thing. It's, it sounded, it's got a nice open sound field. 
Could use a bit more low end, but I'll, I'll take it. And less saxophone. Yes, like oh, sax, always just like saxophone. just cut the sax out all together. <clears throat> so yeah, that was fine. Uh, artwork by Tommy Steele and photography by Michael Mitchell. So Tommy, Tommy Steele. So no, not the singer slash rock artist because there's a bunch of Tommy Steels on Discog because everyone's new Tommy Steele. Um, <clears throat> he's an American art director and designer with 575 credits. He's been on the show with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' Hard Promises and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' Southern Accents. Other credits include lots of or a couple of the Sparks albums and Journey albums. Hmm. Uh, Mike is only two credits and both of them for Quarter Flash. This one and Quarter Flash's next one. Hmm. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will say, though, that this was the last Quarter Flash album that I bought. Yeah, good. You learned your lesson. <laughs> and the cover's, the co- the cover's I, cool. The cover, I will, I will say the cover, it is pretty, pretty cool. They have like this, uh, it's mostly black and it's clearly like a, a nighttime shot. There's like a tree line there. And it's essentially just got ghosts. Like, they're like apparitions of the same guy just down the... No, I, I agree that the cover is, yeah. is, is pretty decent, for sure. Uh, I actually really like that kind of ghost. And it's the way it's kind of getting smaller. It goes down that way. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Okay, that's it for me. All right, so for context, we said this was their debut album. So all three albums today were debuts. For the after, it was Take Another Picture, released in 1983. Mm-hmm. Discogs gives it 3.52 out of 5. Uh, the resale value, $1.37, $3.99, and $8.29. Yeah. So not a lot of... No. You know why? Because all those people have already heard the quarter flash. They're like, yeah, we're good. Um, I'm going to give it a 2. Was that you're giving it 2? Why? You, you listen... Okay, wow. Oh, wow. I was getting away from you on that one. I'll give it a 2. I give it the reason I'm just giving it a two instead of burn it is a couple of their hits aren't bad in terms like I said the '80s cheese I I they showed up on a playlist like Grand Theft Auto I wouldn't turn it off I'd listen to it turn it up and just like be crazy in the game uh, and this the sound the sound is decent like I for for an '80s pop mix we've listened to albums that sound way fucking worse than this yeah my God I think about to like the ZZ Top album like Afterburn how much I hated that one. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them. So that that's not this problem. The problem is is, is the in between. They're not hit songs. That's that's the issue. And I gave it a two out of five because it makes me feel sad. It makes you feel sad that you you kept its lyrics in your head. Yes. <laughs> it's like you get that you need that, that like feature. It's like remove junk files. <laughs> Clear up some space. Oh God, wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> lyrics to quarter flash. Fuck no, thank you. Get out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Make room for other stuff. Okay, so that's best, that's that's a quarter flash down. Who's your best of three? I'm gonna go with JJ Kale. I like that. That's a chill album. I know, I know Queen, and it's fucking hard rocking and metal. But you know, we've given Queen quite a like every fucking episode they're on, we give them tops. So I'm gonna go with JJ Kale. Me too. Yeah, it was a nice. It was a nice. Uh, that one gave me the warm fuzzies. Yeah, like it, was, it was. It's that kind of album. Yeah, it's a nice fucking a great yeah. chill album. You put it on. Just yeah. Relax. Everybody's having yeah. a good time. So. Yeah. Cool. That's uh. That's it. Anything you want and to add? He came. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He actually had to grind it out. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.